Those of you who have been longtime listeners of the Grum know that I have an idea out there called the scholarship contract. Mm. Nick, get it out. Is, no, I'm not going to get on the soapbox, but oh. you know, it's basically a way <laughs> That's what to you're talking about. It's basically a way to you know guarantee the athletes, you know, certain benefits. Now, this was come up before. I was just this was invented before NIL. This was not about NIL, and this was not even about the portal. No. Why did you have this idea in the first place? Do you remember why? Well, it, well, it was it was in the conversation before the portal came about because there was all this consternation over transferring and getting coaches. There was the story about the I can't remember who the kid. I think it was a wide receiver for Kansas State. He wanted to leave K State, and the coach wouldn't give him a release. And and people were up in arms about hey, because right, coaches used to be able to control where you exactly. went to. And so my idea was, well, what if they had a contract where a where they contract. are guaranteed that they have a roster spot? Well, not a roster spot, but they count against the total, and the total would be the same as the number of scholarships are allowed. And if you signed a two-year deal then you knew you were guaranteed for 2 years and the coach knew that you were going to be that the player were going to be around for 2 years and then after the end of the 2 years if they wanted to go somewhere they could but if they wanted to transfer while they were still under contract then they would have to sit out a year and they would lose a year of eligibility and then the other benefit would be if the coach left then you could cancel the scholarship contract and that those players could be free agents. And so again, this was an idea that was born before the before portal. Before the portal became a so, thing. So you know, and and because I used to make fun of it, call you an idiot, a moron, an imbecile, a which dummy, me, which is crazy when goofball. you think about the only guy in the room imbecile. that picked Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. Damn it! Um, but as as we have seen changes in the last few years, I think that the idea has a modicum of you know. Smartness well, I, to it. I, a couple of tweets here. Then these were last week. Okay, from one uh, Rick Pitino, mm. the head coach of the St. John's Red Storm, and and it was just a two tweet thread. And the first one said, "We want solutions to preserve our great game today. I'm going to suggest one for basketball. Have the Power Five and Big East Conference commissioners get together and create a salary cap between 1.5 and 2 million dollars." All contracts delivered to the league and the school offices. All other conferences establish their own salary cap. I would never exclude anyone from the NCAA tournament. Obviously, football is a different sport entirely, and some of their talent makes it more makes more than NFL players. More solutions to follow in the coming days. So that's his first one is, you know, basically to address NIL. Hey, what if we do a salary cap? These leagues get together, we try to balance the competition. Also, real quick, they need to really need to brand the Big East better if it's like the Power Five and the Big East. You know, you need to just fold them in, Coach. Call it the Power Six and move on with your day. Well, but the pac is not going to exist next year. Call it the Power Five, John. Well, here's an idea. Because basketball is a different sport anyway. Give it a different name? Yeah. How about the Shooty Hoops Five? Ooh, I like that. Works for me. All right, the Shooty Hoops Five. The run, dribble, shoot. How about the Big East Mm. and the Four Dwarves? Mm, Mm. I don't know if the conference is that good, John. It's not the Big Ten. That's true. Big Big East has only won three national titles in the last ten years. Big Ten has won in what twenty five. I put that on a T for you. Yeah, you it's did. been a while. They, the last Big Ten championship was 
a lot closer to the last Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl than than it is to today. That is true. Look oh, me. It's a great yeah, point. Beat you to the point. But here's the part where Rick Patino basically copies off my homework. <gasps> he says, do away with a letter of intent, make athletes sign a two-year binding contract, no different than professional athletes, which they are. With that, the collective puts together their NIL contract based on the cap. Obviously, a lot has to go into this. I believe the NCAA should be taken out of the equation and the commissioners put into it as the NCAA loses more cases than the defense lawyers on law and order. Wow. That's <laughs> Nick, come on. I mean, he's a 70-year-old man. He probably that's watches true. a lot of law. Yeah, that's true. I, I wanted to tell him to watch a new show, but he is Yikes. he is old as hell. But he's saying, hey, okay, well, let's do He's basically saying let's have a scholarship contract or have a two-year deal for everybody. Two things that I disagree with him on this. I guess the I'll start with the second uh, screenshot first. Why does it have to be two years? Why couldn't it be your idea of one, two, three, four? I think that that yeah. My idea was you negotiate that upon your signing with that school. It's you as a player. You you kind of. I mean, both sides can obviously figure it out. There's a negotiation. Sure. I assume a five star would have a a lot more ground to stand on. You know, Dylan Raiola could probably ask for one. He could ask for four. He could ask for anything. Um. So that's where I would start with that one. The other one, and and you know, you always love talking about the lawyers in these scenarios. The liars. So I'd go back to the first one and I'd ask. Like, are we sure a cap would also like follow through? Like, would that that would that get struck down? A cap, a salary cap? Well, the only way that's going to happen is if there is a collective bargaining. Yeah, because that's why there's a salary cap in the NFL. That's why there's a luxury tax in Major League Baseball. There's a negotiation that goes on between the players' union and management. Yeah, you really can't do any of those other things because that's when the courts will jump in and likely rule against whatever entity is trying to establish this salary cap. So, yes, part of, I mean, it ha- it's almost implied in Patino's suggestion, you would have to allow the players to negotiate collectively. Yeah, I just don't know if that would pass the smell test, I guess. And, like, why why would players want there to be a cap? Well, you know? why that, does there need see, that to was going to be my question. Why would the players want a cap? Because last week we had the story about the Dartmouth players. The Dartmouth players have been declared as employees by a National Labor Relations Board regional branch or regional director. Yeah. Um, my, my question is exactly that. Why? What is motivating athletes at this point to want to collectively bargain? Because right now they get the best of all worlds. There's no salary caps. There's no limits on what they can earn. The NCAA has thrown their hands up and said, me no, me no know what to do. So, <laughs> me caveman. Me caveman, me don't know. What Ooga N- booga. What NIL. But right now, there's nothing stopping a five-star point guard or five-star quarterback from earning whatever the NIL collective decides is worthy. They have the best of both worlds right now. The only negative to being a college athlete in this scenario is that people bitch about that you have freedom of movement, but if you're a player, who cares? You know, as long as you can go wherever you want to go and they're going to pay you and there's no cap on it, you know? I mean, I mean, honestly, what has happened in college sports is the reverse of how everything has happened in professional sports. For the longest time, baseball players were locked in. Once they signed with an organization, that organization either had to trade them or let them go entirely. There was no free agency. Thus, there was no motivation for 
the ball the owners to pay any more than they absolutely had to for the best players. Mm-hmm. If Joe DiMaggio wanted to say, ah, I don't think that's enough money for me, the Yankees could have played hardball and said, well, you can't go to the Red Sox. We own your contract. We own the rights to you for as long as we want them until you stop playing. And that's the way it was, the reserve clause, as they called it, for decades. And then they had to fight for collective bargaining and free agency, and of course we are where we are today. Whereas in college sports, they've just opened the floodgates, and now everybody is a free agent, and everybody has a chance to make whatever they want from NIL, and it's management that's trying to rein everything in and say, whoa, whoa, things are getting out of control. And that's the problem. It's hard to rein those things in. Well, so uh, if you're a college athlete, especially the higher-end college athletes, I think the last thing you want are player unions. Well, and that's where – so multiple people pointed out, uh, including – it was on YouTube, I believe. Yeah, it was Danielle. Right now, money is top-heavy. Wonder if a salary cap would include minimum as well. Yeah, you do wonder at the bottom oh, end of things. To. You know, like how how does the bottom end of things feel right now? Because there the are minimums. Class... Yeah, there are yeah. minimums in pro sports. Yeah. So how does the how does the middle class feel? How does the bottom of the see? And that's those are the folks who would be more motivated to want to organize. But the top end guys, the top end recruits, this is the best world for them mm-hmm. because they can go wherever they want and they can make however much they want, and there's no cap on what it is they can earn or do. Aaron writes, where does the actual school fit in? I don't know. They go to classes. I don't I mean, nothing's changing in that regard. Yeah. Come I on. Mean, like, let's not bury our heads in the sand and say, but what about school? Some of them still go to class. Some of them still go. People forget about Josh Dobbs. Some of them <laughs> are going to turn professionally in things other than sports. Mm-hmm. But for right now, as they're making a boatload of NIL, they're going to make their money in sports. Indeed, they will. Sports. And then some of them sports. may end up. Some of them may end up playing for the Chiefs. No, oh, they definitely will. Not or maybe here. other teams. But I do wonder, you know, all this talk and motivation of hey, you know, eventually there's going to be unions. But they're, if I'm a top end athlete, that's the last thing I'd want. Yeah, the thing, the thing that eventually is going to get negotiated or decided upon or whatever is the the schools are going to try to keep players from leaving after one year. Like that's the thing that they are going to try to curtail or at the very least start adding a second move punishment, you know, and by punishment, I mean sitting out a year. That's the thing that they, I think more than anything, I think that they would deal with the uh, collectives and the headaches that are caused by boosters controlling all this stuff. I think they deal with that for the rest of time. As long as they could know you're going to be at my school for X amount of years, mm-hmm. and if you leave, like it can't just be a continual circus of moving around. I think that's the thing that they're trying to lock down the most. I think the, that's the thing they want done. For the longest time, Major League Baseball, the NFL, they wanted to keep unions out. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the way things have developed, if I'm the major, if I'm the conferences, if I'm the schools, the only way you're going to be able to rein it in is if you allow the players to organize and you declare them as employees. That's the only way you're going to be able to rein all of this in yeah. and then be able to actually put any caps on spending. It's the only way that I can see. 
Coming up next, Josh is a big countdown guy. I'm counting down to my hair growing back. We should break this habit for you. He's going to be very happy. He's going to be very happy with what I am about to unveil for him. Is it Europe? In the happy hour. Europe. The final countdown. No. Is it 100 days until college football? No, but it's we've kind of hit a benchmark. We've kind of hit a benchmark. Hmm, Something intrigued. that we used to get a lot later in the year now is a lot, a lot earlier in the year. And you'll be very excited is to hear the about snow this. ending. Your words, not mine. I'm I didn't. Asking. I didn't say that. For the record, it's not done. It's still here. John just had a flashback when you said that. To he got, what? His eyes glazed over uh, when mm. you said those words together. Huh, mm. Interesting. The happy hour is next on 1620 The Zone.